This is Hockey Talk with Ryan Drury, live on 91.3 FM Blue Water Radio. Hockey Talk is sponsored by... Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Hockey Talk on 91.3 FM Blue Water Radio and Eastlink TV. I'm Steve Fitzsimmons, and joined this week by Scott Bridge and Andy Clark here in the studio to chat with you tonight. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, big big day in the Ontario Hockey League today. Uh, as far as uh, the Flint Firebirds, you may have heard the news that... Uh, the coaches that they'd originally hired and then fired and then rehired um, were fired once again today. And uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the hour. But uh, we have a very special guest uh, holding the line, and that is Mark Edwards, the founder and director of scouting of HockeyProspect.com. Uh, welcome, Mark. And just uh, right off the top, why don't we get your thoughts on the Flint situation today? Well, I mean, obviously, it's uh, the, the thing that really bothers me is, is the kids. Uh, you know, they deserve... They deserve better. They deserve some stability down there, and it's it's bad enough with uh, you know the water situation in the town and going through that. But uh, you know they're down there to try and help their their hockey careers and develop and get better, and and uh, it makes it difficult when you're you have this kind of stuff going on. I was actually driving back from uh, a Quebec Major Junior trip on Saturday, and I got a call as I was driving home late and heard that this might happen, and then uh, kind of just sitting around waiting for the axe to, uh, to to drop here, but. Um, you know, I heard all kinds of different things, and uh, you know, there's just rumors at this point and, and that, so not worth mentioning. But uh, hopefully, some of this other stuff doesn't go down, and, and uh, Dave Branch go down there. And I don't, I don't know what he can do, but somehow clean some of this stuff up. Well, let's hope so, and uh, for the for the welfare of the players, and, and certainly for some of the staff of the the Flint Firebirds, no doubt that are under, uh, I would think, severe duress in this situation. Um, Let's uh, talk and transition to the NHL draft, of course. Uh, you know, you're a, a website to, uh, that is well-known across Canada. Um, I think the preeminent website for, for ranking um, NHL uh, players and draft and in the draft as well as the OHL and the Quebec League. But with the, the NHL draft, uh, how do you characterize this draft uh, maybe relative to, the, say, the last couple? Well, I, I like it at the top. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you follow follow hockey at all or and then junior variety or prospects and obviously the world junior tournament uh you know austin matthews patrick line and jesse pooley uh became uh well-known names through the uh, the christmas holiday season and uh for good reason there's uh they're kind of the definitive top three i believe at the top of this draft um you, you go from that and you've got a matthew chuchuk in london uh you levy is also his teammate in london in london a uh, really good puck moving and smart uh, D-man who brings offense to the table. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I just watched him in, in Drummondville with his Cape Breton team. Uh, he's a real personal favorite of mine. He's got some Sean Monaghan-like traits to him, but uh, he's, he's a better skater. Um, Jacob Chikrin obviously was well-known uh, last season. Um, big hulking D-man for Sarnia. Uh, Nylander, the, the, the younger brother with Mississauga, who's just had a fantastic uh, rookie season so far. Really impressive numbers. Uh, Windsor's got some guys. Mikhail Sukachev, big D that I, you know, when I watch him, I just, it looks like he could step into the, uh, the NHL tomorrow. So uh, the list goes on. But uh, when you talk about those bunch of guys at the top, uh, it's a strong draft. As we get towards, you know, more towards in the second round or even the end of the first round, it drops a little bit. I'd say around the 25, there's a little uh, drop-off. And then in the second round, I'd say it's weaker than 
some in the past, and I just don't think it has the depth that some uh, more recent drafts have had. Uh, I think that's where it's troubled. But if you got a high pick, uh, you'll like this draft. So it's probably unlikely that uh, any of the big boys up top are, are probably going to trade that pick, although if the Edmonton Oilers get it, they should trade it and get some help on their back end. But uh, would you see, uh, obviously, McDavid and Eichel would be a cut above anyone in this draft, do you think? Uh, McDavid's a cut above just about everyone. For sure. Um, I, I would say that Matthews, you can definitely put in the same conversation as, as an Eichel. It's tough now. I mean, Eichel's playing... You know, in the NHL and, and doing well. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not really seeing him as much, uh, obviously, anymore. And uh, Matthews just missed being in last year's draft. Um, you know, I think he's in that conversation, though. I mean, he's he's a centerman who makes players around him better, and uh, not a whole lot of weaknesses to his game. He thinks the game really well. Uh, you know, the, the, those elite guys, they just they process the information and see the ice so well, and, and just take advantage of of the, the situation that are in. Uh, take the space, take the time uh, that's given to them, and uh, you know it, it just results in producing points and making guys around them better. Absolutely, and you you basically outlined your top seven: Matthews, Lane, Puliyarvi, Kachuk, Joe Levy, Dubois, and Chikrin, and then Nylander as well in the top eight. Um, you have uh, Jacob Chikrin at number seven. You have uh, Joe Levy at number five. What what makes you like Joe Levy a little bit better than Chikrin right now? I think he just thinks the the game a little bit better on the offensive the end. Um, if Ulevi's got a weakness, it's probably you know the odd gaff here and there on defense. But I think Chikrin has that gaff, that same weakness as well. I think that Ulevi sees the ice better, uh, moves pucks a little bit better. Uh, obviously, he's not quite as big or strong, but um, that's that's the difference in a nutshell. There, it's just uh, how he thinks the game. Um, I think is a little bit better than Chikrin. Andy Clark, you have something for Mark, I'm sure? Actually, yeah, and I, and I just want to steer the conversation to the OHL draft. Um, you know, I, I, I live in a junior C town, and uh, what I'm wondering is the last few years, uh, we haven't really seen uh, any junior C players going in the OHL draft. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, the difficult part, you know, I can speak for us, and, and I think it goes along with, with OHL teams as well. You just don't have the manpower. You don't have the budgets to to cover everywhere you'd like to go. Um, you, you know, if you get a heads up that maybe there's somebody playing junior C, uh, midget, double A anywhere, uh, the scouts will go. Uh, but the the tough part is is who's going to find them. Uh, you know, just back before I created HockeyProspect.com, uh, you know, I coached uh, Wayne Simmons and I coached him in his first year of AAA. Uh, he's a player that should have been seen in, in, in midget double A and Panthom double A and been a player that would have been on radars and into this, the, the OHL draft system uh, far before he was eventually drafted by Owen Sound. So it's, it's just a matter of seeing these guys and having the, the manpower to do it and, the, and obviously the budgets to get enough manpower to, to get out there. But I mean, if I, get, if I get tipped off that there's some kid that's legit, you know, by a, a source I trust, We'll, we'll send our guys or send three guys to, to go check it out and uh, have no problem with that. Now, Mark, uh, last year in the NHL draft, your top two players end up going to the NHL. Do you see this uh, NHL draft this year, uh, the top two, three guys eventually making the step right into the NHL next year? Do you think that the top guys have that type of caliber? I know that Matthews is obviously playing with, with men right now, but do you see guys below him 
making that next step next year? You know, I think I think the first three, uh, really, regardless of what team would draft them, those those big three, uh, there's a high probability. Uh, Matthews is, uh, especially, but the, but all three really high probability of stepping right in next year. I think when you get beyond that, there's a chance for you know to choke the skating holds him back a little bit. I mean, if there's a weakness, it's it's his skating, but it's it's not awful, and it it doesn't hold him back in the OHL. Obviously, if you watch anything. At all in the OHL, you see how much he can produce. Uh, Yulevi, you know, I'm not sure he's strong enough. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is is uh, very, very smart, very ready from a mental aspect. I'm not sure he's quite strong enough yet. Um, saw that in the uh, World Junior tryouts where he, you know, looked his age a little bit, so to speak. Uh, a Chikrin, uh size and strength, but I don't think he's ready to make the jump. Uh, just thinking the game yet. I think there's development time needed. And this, I'm not. This is not slights on these players. Nylander, obviously, another guy. Uh, he could probably make the jump on the skill level, but but size and strength. Sergachev, I mentioned earlier, this kid's big and strong and can really skate. Uh, I could see him being able to make the jump, but a lot of it is what teams he going to. You know, do they have an opening where he's going to actually get some minutes and get better? Because uh, if you're not playing up there, there's no point. Mark, you you have Alex DeBrinket of the the Erie Otters ranked 22nd on your list. Of course, uh, we know uh, we know his story coming out of nowhere, doing very well, uh, performing well without some of the the elite players that he has had around him at times. Um, but he's five seven. Um, you have him, you know, inside the first round. What do you what do you think his upside is? Well, you know, it's interesting. He's a, he's a tough one for me. And a lot of the small guys are the challenging thing every year. Uh, we didn't have him. We might have had him at 50. But if we had him in the top 50, he was right at 50. I can't recall. But, I mean, obviously quite a bit uh, quite a bit down the list compared to where he is now. Um, I didn't think he had the skating um, to, to go along with the small size. I, I mean, I think... You know, really undersized, and he's really undersized. He is, and yeah. an average skating for me is a is a bad combo. Uh, but you know what? The kid just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. So both myself and Ryan Yessi, who who you know, uh, you know, we got our our viewings and we saw quite a bit. You know, uh, leading up to Christmas, and uh, he just kept doing it. You know, I mean, just and then as I as I mentioned earlier too, that the draft kind of drops off right around that point, the twenty three. 24 area where the rest of those guys that that first round I think is going to be fluid at the bottom there and uh, we just kind of put him into that mix um, I'm not sure if he'll end up that high or uh, where he'll end up on our list um, scheduled to see him as much as possible uh, when I looked ahead to my schedule uh, both him and there's a Sandbrook on his team who I like and, and obviously uh, who am I forgetting Radish as well yeah, Radish is uh, good as, as, a, as, as the main three and, and Radish you know, I, I go back and forth on. I, I was really high on going to the season. I've cooled a little bit, but then he has flashes where he gets me back on board. So the Debrinket, and I have conversations with NHL guys, and it's really tough. You know, they're like, do you want to take that pick? And it's it's a boomer bust, right? They just just think this could be top six and light it up, and you look like a hero scout, or absolutely makes you look like you were crazy to think about taking them i almost wonder if it's a team that has multiple picks in the first round that'll gamble on them maybe with their second type of thing to to not be all in if you will in the first round on to and could be could come out of it well um you mentioned about the windsor spitfires uh you have some of their players ranked very high three of them in fact in in your top 30 sergachev uh logan brown and logan stanley um 
what do you see from from those guys? Uh, and obviously, they're getting some great coaching from from Rocky Thompson, who was an assistant coach with the Edmonton Oilers last year. But what do you see in terms of their development that uh, that they're doing well to 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 be in the top thirty for you? Well, I, I talked with Logan Stanley a little bit on radio previously this season, and uh, I went to uh, Windsor's main camp uh, his rookie year. And, you know, it was late August or, I guess, early September and, and sat in the stands. And they were just going through some drills and that. And, and he was struggling. Uh, he he laughed in every drill, uh, dragging his butt uh, in some, you know, kind of fitness-type skating. And I thought, oh, man, this kid's got a ways to go. So now I'll just flash forward and say props to this kid because uh, although he's he's no uh, uh, elite skater, his skating's come miles. Uh, he's playing much smarter hockey, simpler, but way more confident. I mean, I'm seeing him uh, lug the puck, you know, from his blue line and, uh, and and even bring it to the net. And he's he's just keeping it a lot simpler, moving some pucks. So really like what I've seen from him. Um, you know, he's a he's a defense only guy. Uh, I don't think he's ever gonna be a points guy. But it is nice to see him at least skating the puck and moving the puck and just playing smarter overall positional hockey. Logan Brown, you just see some elite stuff from him at times. For us, it's just all about consistency. He'll just disappear at times. So we've got him towards the end of that first round, and uh, he could he could change that with a blink of an eye, and you know, or even next season, and and make our ranking look like we're absolutely clueless uh, if he if he decides to just bring it a little more uh, consistently. Because a uh, six foot six center uh, with his skill. You know, if all of a sudden he just puts the pedal down a little more often, uh, who knows what he could do? Well, and you know, his dad, of course, the former NHLer Jeff Brown. Uh, he he's such a you know he, he's obviously had an NHL pedigree and and gotten that type of of instruction all the way along. And I mean, he's looked great when I've seen him against Guelph, which uh, you know maybe isn't saying as much as as playing some of the elite teams I know, but. Uh, you know, he's he's chalked up five points a couple times, I think, against Guelph. And, uh, yeah, I really like him, too. Scott, you have something for Mark? Yeah, Mark, uh, myself and Andy just have a few more questions here for you. Now, I just want to switch gears and uh, um, ask you a question here just because I can't figure out this answer. It's not about uh, a player being NHL drafted. It's it's about a player that was just drafted last year playing in the OHL right now. Do you think that, um, that Mitch Marner makes the Toronto Maple Leafs next year? I know there's a lot of people that are wondering that question just wondering if you have any insight or if you've uh, you've heard anything well <laughs> you've seen him an awful lot i know yeah i've seen him an awful lot and i know you're good you friends what, with uh, mark hunter too a lot of max Domi when max came back from his draft year uh not playing the same uh consistent smart hockey that he did last year and I'm not saying he's not playing some good hockey. Obviously, he's still putting up points. But, you know, just just trying to over-dangle at times and do it a little too much himself at times. And, and uh, you know, getting a, little, uh, getting a little upset with refs at times when he gets a call or something goes against him or he gets maybe a little slash. And it really reminds me of Max. And Max went in and, and, and didn't make the Coyotes again and came back. And, you know, I don't have to tell you what Max did. Yeah, he had a uh, bit of an year. incident in Guelph in his first game back, his first period after scoring a goal. He, uh, he uh, took a run at Brock McGinn. And then Max, I think Max just came back after not making the Coyotes, you know, on the second try uh, after his draft year, and he just was on a mission. And, and we saw it, obviously, through World Junior. I mean, he was an absolutely dominant force and continued it on all season long. So 
I think Mitch uh, just needs to kind of get his game together and more consistent and play uh, the way that he did, which got him pick fourth overall, and, and just lay off kind of uh, some of the, the uh, over-dangling and, and unforced turnovers and that sort of thing that's just not consistent with what we saw uh, last year. As far as making the Leafs, uh, I, I don't know. It's it just... I hear talk that you know the, he'll be there and, and talk that he won't go back to London if he's not, and but that's just all rumor. Like I, I can't sit here and say that there's any truth to any of that. So uh, at the end of the day, um, I'm always in favor of uh, taking a little slower than too fast. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But uh, he's got the talent to play. Uh, it just comes down to maybe his size. Uh, I thought Ryan Nugent Hopkins would never have made the Oilers when he did because of his size and strength. He was about 165 pounds, and, you know, he had some early injuries, and I question that. And same with Jeff Skinner. I was surprised he made it when he did. They were good enough, but just they're just not, they're just not strong enough in men yet. All right, uh, one more question, mm. uh, Andy. Uh, along the same, same vein there is uh, how do you see things going for Josh Hosang this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's a oh. fun one, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, Josh was saying it's just it's just not my type of hockey player. I have seen zero improvement. Uh, I never would have taken him uh, with that pick in the first round. Uh, the last time I saw him, he he dangled at the blue line a bunch of times. Uh, I think about four times and forced his teammates offside because he had to make an extra little dipsy do. Um, the, the talent is is unbelievable, but he just doesn't seem to be developing any sense of how to play the team game and, and uh, to me his points are underwhelming when you consider the talent he has and really that's that says it all i mean he was line mates with connor mcdavid and he was almost as good as connor so i mean in minor midgets so this kid with this kid can play when he wants to and but he has to play it his way doesn't he oh the talent's unbelievable but he just he just continues to to play his game instead of the game you know his coaches are wanting to play and then uh, you know, when you start hearing all the off-ice stuff that goes along with it, I mean, he's he's got uh, some work to do, I think, before he's he's playing in the NHL uh, and producing. Well, Mark, I know you have other commitments tonight. Uh, we just want to say thank you for joining us. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, we want to tell people to go to HockeyProspect.com and check out uh, all of their uh, their products. They they produce a, a black book, which is an amazing product. Uh, just a quick, just a quick uh, note on what the black book is, Mark, for people that want to buy one. Yeah, the NHL draft book, book is. Uh, oh man, we we cover uh, obviously the the upcoming 2016 NHL draft, and and uh, you know we'll have profiles on hundreds of players. Uh, we'll rank a, a full 210, so the whole draft basically, and then we'll also include a kind of a sneak peek with quite a bit of info on uh, some 2017 prospects and then even a little glimpse of the 2018 and you know we've got Europe guys in Europe and and uh, just about everywhere so we really we really cover all the prospects uh, there's not too many that uh, will get drafted I don't think that uh, we haven't seen or written up so it's a pretty good resource and it's become really popular and uh, just in saying goodbye, Steve, I'll, I'll see you sometime soon and go off. I'm saying yep, so. a, a new record of low <laughs> uh, low number of visits to Guelph this year. I've yeah, seen I on the road. So Sounds good, buddy. To, uh, other years where I saw you about 15 times. This is well. <laughs> well, we'll see you down the road shortly. Thanks again for joining us, Mark. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Mark Edwards from HockeyProspect.com. And, uh, you know, 
a fantastic uh, rankings that uh, you can totally count on. Um, a lot of uh, people in the sport uh, completely believe. Uh, Mark Hunter, just as an example, director of player personnel for the Leafs and, of course, co-owner of the London Knights, has a great uh, testimonial on the website about Mark Edwards. An interesting story. He kind of alluded to it, but I'm just going to share it with the, the listeners and viewers about how that site started was uh, Mark was a, a very high-level coach in Toronto with AAA, and one of the people that he was coaching is Wayne Simmons, who we now know plays in the National Hockey League for the Philadelphia Flyers. And Wayne couldn't get any basically uh, attention from OHL scouts at all. So Mark decided to start a website to to create some attention for Wayne Simmons. And that's where it really started. And uh, Mark has also coached Alex Petrangelo and among other NHL players. So he's a high-level coach in his own right. But, uh, yeah, Wayne Simmons, he's done all right. He, I think, uh, you know, it uh, made uh, the start of the website uh, and it's taken off from there. It's been about 12 years now and uh, one of the preeminent resources in Canada for the NHL and OHL draft. It just goes to show you what some scouts miss out on, really. At the end of the day, it, um, Wayne Simmons is a pure NHL talent. He's got what it takes. He's He's got a good shot. He's been lighting up the lamp last year and got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. If I, if you can I'm always not, count on him for 25 know, goals yeah. and grit, right? I mean, yeah, that's just what he does. E- yeah. Even... Um, when he got into that scrap with the New York Rangers uh, the other week, I mean, yeah, you know, he may have got shoved from behind and injured their captain, but the big thing about Wayne Simmons is he came back and he answered the bell immediately the next game, and within the first minute, he drops the gloves and, and uh, you know, sits in the box for five minutes, but he's not afraid to answer the bell or, and stick up for his teammates. Absolutely not. Now, I asked you guys to bring with you a list of your top five for the upcoming NHL draft. So we're let's, why don't we share those lists to, and see what you think. Andy, we'll um, let you go ahead first. We obviously know what Mark's list was. He just <laughs> said Matthews, Line, Pugliarvi, Kachuk, and Joel Levy from the London Knights, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. What do you have, Andy? And I didn't stray too far from that, but okay. j- well, just see. somewhat. And with Matthews, uh, yeah, um, you know, if I was looking at a player in the Swiss League, uh, I'd be a little bit dubious because they are playing with men, but it's a much shorter schedule and such. Right. But the fact that he's a North American getting out of his comfort zone and he doesn't have the home cooking, I, that actually says a lot that he's going out there and, and using it as for growth. And he has Coach Crawford over there. So, um, Let me just burst your bubble. I think his mom moved over there for the oh, home. She, did. She, she moved over so she could cook for him. <laughs> but that's him. okay. I totally, so. I totally get your point. <laughs> but, he did uh, go out of his comfort level a bit, for but, sure. But conversely, what I was thinking was like with the next two that they had on, on uh, the hockey prospects, uh, they're still in Finland, right? Yep. And, you know, pretty much that entire league is going to be a, a home game for them, really. And they're going to have a bit more of a leap next year when they come to North America with the, the language barriers and just being that much farther from home and, and a much longer, heavier schedule type thing. So I actually, uh, I have up at number two, uh, Matthew Kachuk. Okay. And uh, he mentioned the skating there, but, you know, that was a bit of a knock He's on He's certainly his, a power forward type. He's a power forward. The skating was a little bit of a knock on his dad, and his dad had a... Great NHL career. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I have uh, Oli Uolevi. Um, there's there's my Finnish player coming in, but playing right. in the OHL. So kind of in that real grind of a schedule type thing. And uh, I kind of lean towards the defenseman a little bit there, which uh, shows through with number four. I've got uh, Jacob Chikrin there. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned there that the game has room to develop for him as far as vision. He's got a lot of upside from what he's in, even in shown depth. so far. And, and, you know, he's a 17-year-old in traditionally defensemen take a little longer to to gel 
So I think uh, given all the assets he's shown, I think I'd be I'd be a little patient and I'd, I'd hold out to see what the upside is there. And then uh, sticking with the defenseman, uh, my fifth would be uh, Mikhail uh, Sergachev from uh, Windsor there. Sergachev, yeah, he's yeah. he is a big big man, Sergachev. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, in 43 points in 53 games so far, so He's yeah. impressed me. I've seen him a lot. Scotty, what do you have? Yeah, obviously uh, Austin Matthews to to start it off. I mean, it's you don't pick Austin Matthews first overall. You obviously haven't been paying attention to much hockey. Or you don't so scout it at this, all. Or you don't scout or, or you don't follow Mark on Twitter. <laughs> no, I, I no. do, and I really enjoy reading his tweets yeah, and his articles. Awesome. He's absolutely spectacular. You can learn a lot from him. And uh, Patrick Laney, obviously, um, can't go wrong with that at all. Uh, six foot four, right winger. 206, especially before you get drafted, you're six foot four, you're over 200 pounds, and probably a lot of that is all pure muscle. I don't suspect there's uh, he's, he's out of shape at all. Then I have Matthew Kachuk right below him at number three. I just think we saw a lot of his father, and I think that a lot of that raw talent, raw emotion, raw grit is there. I believe that a lot of that got passed down to him, and yep. he's going to play that way. He's going to play from his heart. And he's going to let a lot of talent really follow a lot of that grit and just raw talent that he has. And after that, uh, Alexander Nylander. Um, Interesting. People are saying that Alexander is going to be better than William. And that's saying a lot because William was leading the American Hockey League in scoring when he went to the World Juniors and got hurt. So yeah, that's really saying a lot. I like Alexander Nylander. He's looked good. So I've got I've got really high hopes for him, and I believe he's a dark horse in the in the top ten. Let's say you're asking me about five, okay, but in yeah. the top ten, I think he's going to be a steal for a lot of teams, and <clears throat> and he's going to develop in, into a into quite a talent. And then uh, Jacob Chikrin, um, rounding out the top five. Just seen him enough this year. And we talked a little bit about this last show when he plays with Pavel Zaka, who is NHL ready as it is right now. And the way that those two have a lot of chemistry, it just goes to show that he's ready to play with the pros. With level of player, yeah. So, you know, I have Austin Matthews at number one and no explanation necessary for there. Uh, Pugliarvi and Line, two and three. Um, I have Matthew Kachuk at number four, and I'm not as worried about his skating, although I'm not a, a scouting expert either. But um, I, I just think, you know, he's a power forward type. He uses that physical element in his game. Uh, he can score. Um, you know, he finds uh, lanes to beat to get pucks through. Um, and I also like the fact that with his size, he's very difficult to maneuver out of position. So, um, you know, he's obviously coming to the Ontario Hockey League, which is a, a difficult league and, you know, is among the league-leading scorers in the league. So, um, yeah, he has some help with who he has to play with but he has been as much uh, pulling you know the chain his direction as they have been theirs and I, I like him at number four and you know we've we all have this guy in, in the top five even though Mark has him at seven and I have total respect for Mark at, at, at with his picks at seven but I have Jacob Trickren at number five as well um, and maybe it's kind of our OS, OHL bias a little bit here um, that we don't see a, some of the other guys as much but uh, for me, Chikrin, I mean, he's a decent skater for his size. Uh, he has tremendous size. He has tremendous vision. He's a guy who can quarterback your power play at six foot five. I mean, he and, uh, you know, he just has a world of talent. And I think his upside is immense compared to some of the other guys as well. And, you know, Andy, you alluded to it, said that, uh, you know, it takes 
defensemen a little bit longer to find their for, find their their uh, you know their level of talent to to get there and be an NHL ready defenseman and I think he's going to be there quicker than people think actually because I think as as you said Scott you know he's playing tremendous hockey with with the likes of Pavel Zaka who has that type of ability but again as Mark mentioned you know it really comes down to the team that you're drafted with and how soon they need you in their in their lineup so and you know that's really why I have him in my top five but you know I will throw out uh, I think Debrinket is going to be a sleeper for somebody and uh, I believe he's going to be a star um, despite his five foot seven frame so I'll just say leave it at that not sure where he'll get drafted but uh, you know it'll be in the first round I think without a doubt I love these debates they could go on all night but unfortunately we have to take a short yes. break coming up after the break we're going to be talking to our OHL insider Bill Granger yep. so don't go anywhere you're li- listening to Hockey Talk on Blue Water Radio and, and East, uh, Link East, East Link TV as well if you're ready to buy that special car minivan or SUV but are worried about finding a reliable used vehicle this is Greg Lamb of Lamb Auto in Hanover come in and take a look at our quality used cars I personally drive each one to ensure your purchase is reliable and ready for years of great service. Let the experience of Lamb Auto get you that reliable vehicle you will love. Lamb Auto is in Hanover beside Norm's Restaurant or online at lamauto.ca. Guys generally don't like to talk about it, but the truth is that testicular cancer is the number one cancer for men ages 15 to 29. Even though if detected and treated early, it's over 95% curable. For more information, visit the Canadian Testicular Cancer Association at www.tctca.org. Know the signs. Don't risk your life. Hockey Talk is sponsored by... Here's Mark and Don Leslie. We're celebrating our 50th anniversary this year, which happens to coincide with Ford's F-Series celebrating its 50th straight year of truck leadership. Come in or check out LeslieMotors.com for our extensive inventory of 2016 F-150s, which all have 0% financing up to 72 months, plus up to $37.50 in delivery allowances. On top of that, get your first two years or 40,000 kilometers of maintenance at no extra charge, only from Leslie Motors Ford. Stop by Leslie Motors Ford today and ask about our great leasing or financing options on our 2016 line of trucks. Undisputed value. You, only at Lusty Motors Ford. Welcome back to Hockey Talk on 91.3 FM Blue Water Radio and on East Link TV. I'm Steve Fitzsimmons along with Scott Bridge and Andy Clark in the studio with you from the uh, downtown studio in Hanover. And uh, we have our OHL insider Bill Granger joins us now on the phone to chat all kinds of Ontario Hockey League stuff. And uh, good evening, Bill. And uh, I guess we pretty much have to start with the Flint Firebirds who have made a mockery of the Ontario Hockey League yet again today by uh, by firing their, well, virtually their entire coaching staff. They did keep one of their assistant coaches, but uh, what do you make of the whole thing? Bill, you there? Oh, we're just working on Bill here. Bill, we keep, are you there, buddy? Well, we're waiting. I think that's what oh, the, there we are. Sorry, Bill. He we can just, hear us, but you can we hear can us. hear him. All right, Bill. Yep, sorry, Bill. So what do you make of Flint? Go back to what you said. Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it was a mockery of the, the league uh, in uh, the first time that they let their coaching staff go, and then all of a sudden uh, it uh, rears its ugly head again, and they do it all over again. And I think that's what's uh, got the ire once again of Dave Branch, and his statement today uh, uh, certainly uh, is strong uh, for what he wants to do and what where his... Uh, 
uh, emphasis lies with the players and supporting them and, the, and their uh, families because they've got an awful lot of, on the line, sending them uh, away to another country in a lot of cases and, uh, and trusting their, their children's immediate future to the, to the ownership and, and how they care for their kids while away from home at uh, 16, 17, 18, 19 years of age. And uh, I think the statement by Dave Branch today is, is very clear to me, at least, that he wants to uh, ensure the, the well-being in every respect for the players. And uh, that's going to be said. He, he will say behind closed doors what he wants to say in the most uh, strongest terms to the ownership down there and uh, let the dust settle once again as it, as it did and wait till the season's over. And uh, there will be more news about the Flint Firebirds and what uh, Dave Branch will uh, orchestrate uh, to protect the players and the reputation of this Ontario Hockey League. And that uh, far outweighs what anything uh, the, the interests of the ownership down in Flint have right now. Yeah, let me read that statement that just came out a couple hours ago, as you know, Bill. Um, it has come to the league's attention that the Flint Firebirds ownership has once again made significant changes to their coaching staff. This changed the manner in which it occurred and the way it was communicated to the players and to the league is of great concern. We have been in contact with the team captain and it is our intention to meet and communicate with all players and families in short order. The players and their playing experiences of utmost importance to the league and we will continue to work to ensure that they are treated with respect. It is the league's intention to immediately review the actions of the Flint Firebirds before we determine the next steps we will take to address this situation. So guys, uh, just hearing that statement, what do you kind of take from, from what Mr. Branch is saying? Well, as a player... When you're a teenager, it's a little confusing. You're a little bit, uh, you know, feels like you're caught out in left field in a snowstorm and you don't have the, the proper uh, boots, uh, coat, mitten on or hat or anything like that. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these kids, you know, they're working towards either maybe uh, scholarships or they're trying to get drafted in the NHL or they have been drafted and they're looking to make that next step. Um, there's a lot on the line for these kids. And, and Bill, you said it perfect that uh, these parents trust that their kids are going to go out get the best uh get the best that's coming to them right. sticking in the ohl which is a superior league for at the junior level um if i was a player i'd be a little bit angry you know this is what you've left your home for to go do um you know and you're being you, treated you could, this way you're being treated this way where you could be playing somewhere else where you are being treated a lot better um it's just it's just I would be furious if I was a player for the Flint Firebirds, just furious. Well, there's a couple of things that jump out to me in, in uh, Mr. Branch's statement. The, the manner in which it occurred, that is the communication to the players and to the league, is of great concern. To me, if you read between the lines, it, is, it, it could be that the ownership went against what the previous agreement and uh, statement and... Uh, um, call it a command, if you wish, from uh, the, the Commissioner Dave Branch to the ownership group after the first incident. Now it's happened again, and he's saying that that manner in which it occurred, it just leaves it open to some interpretation, and that's my interpretation, that it goes against what the agreement and uh, his uh, order, uh, if you want to call it that, to the, uh, the ownership group. And... Uh, uh, the, the, the fact of the player support is, is terrific for him to, to uh, underscore that. And uh, 
the fact that he's going to take immediate uh, action and uh, review all of this is is the second point that uh, I credit uh, Dave Branch with. And, and I think it's really important that he is taking immediate action because everyone's made the point here about these are young kids at a vulnerable stage of their, their lives. So, But there's a bit of a confidence issue. And, and this is a, a brush that can paint other teams. I'm thinking of uh, of like a Deneen in North Bay who was committed to play in the NCAA but then made that decision to come up and play in North Bay. But if you have operations like this and if some families are wavering about, you know, NCAA, OHL, you know, things like this can be a negative uh, influencer. So for the whole league-wide, they need to deal with this effectively. You know, well, you don't think the NCAA is going to make hay over this? Oh, they're going to just have a field day with this whole thing with Flint. Without they sure are, game. and that's where Dave's uh, uh, concern over the reputation of the league uh, takes precedence. Uh, and uh, I put that uh, as, as even Stephen with the the... Uh, the care and custody of the the players uh, that Flint has been entrusted with. So uh, there, there's more going to be big news out of Flint uh, once the season winds up. Absolutely. Let's leave the Flint angle at that. Um, you know, the conference standings, Bill, are, are getting very interesting in both the Eastern and the Western conferences. We've got battles going on in both conferences in different ways. When you go over to the East side, of course, Kingston and Barrier are 1-2 there with a fairly good gap, but the, one of the inch, more compelling battles for me is actually for that eighth spot between the Oshawa Generals and the Hamilton Bulldogs, who are in a bit of a dogfight there. They sure are, tied with 47 points each. Both teams have 13 games remaining, and the record in the past 10 is a little bit different. It, it favors Oshawa, we bet, with 4, 5, 0, and 1 uh, for 9 points. Uh, sorry, yeah, 9 points over their last 10 games versus Hamilton with 3 wins, 4 losses, uh, 3 uh, uh, <clears throat> overtime losses. So that gives them, uh, what, 6, uh, 7, 8, 9 points, right. slightly below what Oshawa is and uh, that might be the difference is, is how they're playing right now and, and uh, certainly Hamilton hasn't got anything to hang their head of, uh, over at all because they've uh, really been uh, drawing good fan support down in, in Hamilton and it's a, a real great battle that uh, goes on between these two clubs. Uh, Oshawa's defending champion, and uh, they'd like to get into the playoffs and go out with a fight rather than out, out with a fizzle. And I think that's what uh, uh, may be the difference between these two clubs when it comes down to uh, uh, retaining that uh, eighth and final spot in the East. Yeah, certainly a compelling thing to watch. Uh, when you go back up to the top of the conference, of course, as we mentioned, Kingston and Barry are kind of, uh, you know, a, a mile ahead of most of, of the the other teams in their conference and you know with a 10 point separation almost um which of those teams do you think is the team to beat there well i well obviously kingston is the 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 team to beat and they're they're ahead of barry with uh by four points both have 15 games remaining and if you believe uh, that home ice is an advantage that favors kingston as well in the 15 games they've got eight at home seven on the road versus barry uh with six at home and nine on the road so that may uh, favor kingston a wee bit there their past 10 is identical at, at 8 1 0 and 1 so you, there's there's nothing to choose from as far as their last 10 but i think they're their home and uh, road uh, games uh, in the final 15 could pay the, play a, a, a role in who de- determines who's going to be on top. But Kingston, you take a look at some of those games in the last uh, 15. They've got Sudbury, Saginaw, 
Flint. Hmm. You know where they stand. Yep. And then you've got Oshawa, who's uh, in that eight spot. They got two against them, and then one against Hamilton. Versus Barry in in their last fifteen. They've got a couple against Sudbury, one against Oshawa, and a couple against Owen Sound. As I go down that weaker list, if you can mm-hmm. call it that, <clears throat> Owen Sound is a strong team yeah, to over play 500, against, right? and, and they're in a tough barn, too. On the other side, their their uh, games, they've got London, Sarnia, and then this group of uh, four or five teams that uh, follow them up with uh, Mississauga, Peterborough twice, North Bay, Ottawa a couple of times, and Ottawa's got a, a pretty good record, 6-4-0-0 in their last 10, and they've got two against them, one against Niagara, and then a pretty good uh, Windsor t- team. So I think the the schedule favors Kingston, and with that and the fact that they've uh, got four points up on the, the Colts right now, I favor them as the, the Eastern Conference uh, um, wins as far as the top spot. Well, Dougie Gilmore has certainly cast his net into the into the water as far as uh, you know loading up this year with the, some of the big trades that he's made and uh, and Barry, you know, we they obviously have the OHL's leading scorer Kevin LeBanc, the CHL Player of the Week as well, um, and Manji Apani as well, and lots of other high end talent. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the Eastern Conference. Uh, when we go to the western side, I know, Scott, you had the opportunity to call the uh, the game on Monday between Erie and Guelph with Bill. Um, you know, obviously Erie is the is the team to beat right now and number one in the CHL. They just made things look so easy on Monday afternoon against the Guelph Storm. And Bill, you and I were talking about that a little bit before the game, uh, a little bit during the intermissions. But we had a chance to see Dylan Strom, uh, Brinkett. We also got to see the way that uh, Devin Williams played uh, when he's getting close to his 100th OHL win, how he's kind of taking the the ball and kind of run with it and Erie needed a big win on Monday they were they had lost three in a row before coming to Guelph they just came in they did what they had to do to win the game do you think that uh you know anybody can touch them at this point well again you you look at uh the two teams that are hot on their trail and that's London and Kitchener London is four points back and then Kitchener two points back of London so yeah, the four-point gap is big there. Uh, Kitchener uh, and Erie both have 15 games remaining. And a game in hand, both of these clubs over London, who's, who has 14 games remaining. And, uh, again, all of their last 10, uh, identical, uh, close to identical records in their last 10. Uh, Erie's got Flint a couple of times, Saginaw, Guelph twice. And uh, I think the favored uh, uh, Erie Otters uh, are going to be bolstered by that uh, that schedule that they have. And uh, but you never know. They look at the you look at their schedule in the last two games, both at London and, and Erie, and it may come down to London's chances of catching them uh, in the final analysis because they end the, the regular season with a, a home and home there. But uh, I think uh, although I pick London as uh, a big third period team and, and, and tough finishers to, to come on and, and overtake them, uh, I could take that back, but in my heart I, I think it's really Erie's, uh, Erie's uh, championship in the West to lose. Yeah, I would agree with that and uh, the interesting thing is head-to-head with the London Knights, uh, Erie's undefeated this season, so that has been the one team that the London Knights have not been capable of beating. Bill, I mean, the Sarnia Sting obviously uh, you know made some strong moves uh, you know, picking up some great players from the Ottawa 67s, and, and we just got to see them last week. Um, do you think they're a contender at all in the West? 
I sure do. I really liked them in Guelph, and uh, uh, they, they certainly have a, a lot of offense, and Konechny is uh, a playing a, a slightly different game. Uh, he was the big assist man playmaker for Ottawa, but right now he is a, a goal scorer, and he's upped his uh, uh, goal percentages per game uh, by leaps and bounds in my estimation, and, and he is the go-to guy for offense for for them, that meaning putting the puck in the net. and. Uh, uh, back at the trade deadline, uh, Sarnia was trailing Windsor for that second seed by four, maybe six points. They've overcome that now and, and taken a three-point lead over them. They're 8-1-0-1 in their last ten, four wins and five losses, uh, and uh, uh, one uh, in the uh, overtime loss for Windsor. And they're just not keeping pace. They're kind of tailing off as, as Sarnia has uh, caught fire in the home stretch here. Do you know the team that I kind of feel for in the Western Conference uh, that I feel like other years this team would be a very good hockey team, might get to the second or third round, but this year, I mean, it's probably one and out for them. You look at the own sound attack. I mean, they have a good hockey squad. Uh, you know, they're in sixth place. Uh, they, they, they're going to easily qualify for the playoffs. They're, they're obviously the local team to, the, to our, our headquarters here in Hanover, Ontario. But, uh, you know, they're holding their own in a darn tough conference where you have four ranked teams in the uh, CHL top 10. I mean, other years they, they'd have a shot, but this year I think, guys, it's just going to be too tough for them to get even out of round one. Uh, Sarnia? No, or, uh, or Owen Sound, down. yeah. Owen Sound. I just can't see it. Well, no. Just the the numbers. You look at uh, they're sitting with fifty eight points right now, and uh, they're going to uh, likely play Kitchener or London, whoever finishes fourth, and uh, uh, they're they're going to be in tough. But you know, <laughs> they got a tough barn to play. Stranger and, and, things uh, have happened, I guess. But and uh, anything can happen. And if you're looking for upsets, I think the 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 more likelihood of an upset is going to happen in the first round where you get a team like Owen Sound who, who knows how to play the game. They're well coached. They've got some seasoned talent there and uh, some solid goaltending. And uh, you go back to uh, uh, Michael McNiven. He could scale you, uh, steal you a game or two yeah. at home. And then, uh, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen at the Budweiser Gardens if they play London or at the Auditorium in Kitchener. And... Uh, they could pull an upset there. It would be a shocker for sure, but uh, they have nothing to lose, do they? They had everything to gain by no, getting there's to the not second round, a... and uh, they'll give it the, their all for sure against uh, whoever their opponent, opponent is. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of pressure on them, I guess, from that no. angle because they're going to be a massive underdogs in whatever series they end up in. OHL Coach of the Year. Um, Andy, why don't we start with you? I know you have some thoughts on, on who you think would be the candidates for the OHL Coach of the Year, and then we'll talk to Bill about it. What do you think? Um, after giving some, you know, consideration around there to uh, Paul McFarland from the Frontenacs right. and considering uh, Howard Chuck, I ended up with uh, Chris Dobluck. Right, from no, the Uri Otters, yeah. Yeah, not, not a huge surprise there. Uh, but, um, you know, the last two years when they had 50-plus wins, a lot of people were like, yeah, but. Yeah, but you got yeah, Connor, McDavid. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, but yeah. no Connor McDavid, and he has that And team. Connor Brown, too. I mean, yeah. he led the league in scoring <clears throat> as well. So, uh, yeah, he still has that team as a top-flight team. And I also got thinking, too, uh, I, I thought back to the World Juniors in the very first game there. Remember Alex Dabrinkit had a total brain cramp right. and, and took that stupid... Uh, um, Penalty, yeah. Yeah, got, got kicked out of the game, and I was thinking, hmm, you know, you, you haven't seen that from him during a regular season as far as I know. So that, no, that may be 
uh, spoke to maybe how strong of a coach Chris Knobloch is. And, and I know the Leafs looked at him in the offseason, too, as an assistant. So yes, He's very did. underrated. Yeah, Chris Knobloch is very underrated. Cool and collected behind the bench, absolutely. I'm just going to throw out three names. I won't uh, elaborate on them too much, and then we'll get Scott's, and then Bill will sum it up. But uh, I have Knobloch. I have uh, Paul McFarland as well. The, the Another name I've got that I think, uh, you know, this team wasn't expected to even be contending for a playoff spot or even a high conference seed and they're they're right there for second seed in the western conferences the windsor spitfires i think rocky thompson has done an amazing job developing these young guys we see three of his players in the top 30 for the upcoming nhl draft and we we heard uh you know mark edwards talk about how he's really rounded out the game of logan stanley who was slow and plodding and now looks like a player on that team um i think he's underrated he was a, an assistant coach with the edmonton Oilers. he's obviously brought something strong to the table there so that's a guy i'll throw it as a, a kind of a dark horse there but scott who do you like and then we'll go to bell well i think i like dale howard i really do like the barry colts right now they're sitting second in their conference and i think I think they're taking Kingston, and I think it, a lot of it is going to uh, ride on uh, Howard Chuck's back. Um, I like the style of play that he had in the NHL, and the thing is he's got so many young prospects coming up, and uh, Christian Prop was another prospect that's playing for the Guelph Hurricanes right now, and they brought him up when uh, Mackenzie Blackwood went to play for Team Canada, and he just raves on a lot of his young players, and he knows what's coming up through the system, and he handles them like a true pro. Um, so I like Dale Howard, Chuck. It might be a little bit biased that way, but um, they've seen a lot of his draft picks play in the GOJHL. And, uh, a lot also, of them on the Winnipeg Jets as well. Exactly, you're right. Mark Shifley, among others. And I've talked talked to a few of his uh, a few of his scouts as well, and they just said he's a great guy to work for. So easygoing, demands a lot from his players. But at the OHL level, you have to. He, it's really nothing out of the ordinary. But it, you know, when you talk to scouts and and these young players, when they love working and playing for him, you know he's doing something right. And if he takes first place, all bets are hopefully he does win Coach of the Year. All right, Bill, there you go. We've got uh, three guys on the table with their sh- selections, but you're the OHL insider. Who do you like? <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of the names that uh, have been mentioned well, no are, doubt, are yeah. on my list as well, starting on the east side. Uh, Paul McFarland, just in his first year as head coach for the uh, Kingston Frontenacs, uh, he spent two years uh, with Oshawa as an assistant. Uh, he's a possible strong candidate out of the east, and uh in 14, the club had finished. Now, he, he was not at the helm at, uh, in 14, but finished third with 84 points. Last year, the Frontenacs finished sixth with 72, so he's brought them uh, up considerably four spots, in the, in, in, or five spots, I should say, into uh, first in the conference as we speak right now. And But it's only his first year, and uh, the Kingston is sitting with 74 points. Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty good uh, position right now to win that that eastern side uh, dale howard chuck he's in his sixth year uh, two pretty good seasons in the last two 14th uh, in 14 he was 77 uh, points with fourth uh, in the east and last year second in the east and up tough uh, with 85 points i should say but in tough against uh, the eventual winner of the east and the ohl championship in the uh, uh, oshawa generals uh, honorable mention on the east side to Stan Butler. Uh, he's Mr. he's a steady guy behind the bench, but he always has a team who uh, can pull some upsets and a very
very strong contenders throughout the regular season, but uh, uh, I don't think he's going to get it uh, in that case. Uh, on the west side, I'll start with a guy who's not going to get it for a couple of reasons, <laughs> is Dale Hunter, first of all, because he doesn't care yes. uh, whether he gets it or not. And the other is uh, that yeah. he's had a suspension uh, and questions over his, the control of his hockey team, and he's uh, too much on-ice uh, controversy throughout the year with, with Hunter. So he's off the list, and I just mentioned that because he's Dale Hunter. And uh, on uh, the upside, though, uh, uh, you look at Mike Van Ryan, uh, Kitchener, again in his first year. Like Paul McFarland, he took a sixth-place team from last year and 32 wins, 74 points, uh, uh, very similar uh, to what uh, Kingston was, and has taken them into real contention. Right now the Rangers sit with, what is it, uh, let me look quick here, uh, 79 points versus right. 74 for the Frontenac. So a uh, little edge there for Kitchener in a tough conference. Uh, he's a possible uh, candidate as well. But uh, I go to the guy in Erie. Uh, I like uh, Chris Knobloch uh, in uh, 14. He, they had 106 points and uh, made the Western Conference final. And get this, Guelph finished the regular season with 108. So they uh, uh, were right on the uh, uh, tails of the Guelph Storm in their championship year. In 15, they went to the OHL finals with 104 points. And right now they're on pace to uh, uh, perhaps eclipse uh, one or both of those uh, point totals of 104 and 106. So uh, he took over from Robbie Fatorik after a difficult situation there. But what I like about, uh, about uh, Knobloch, he's developed the players, filled in the gaps very well, and developed the players in spite of the loss of McDavid and Connor Brown, as you guys had said, and uh, has rounded Alex Dabrinkit into a, 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 a more two-way player, as uh, uh, Scotty and I talked about uh, the other day in Guelph, watching them play. And, uh, yeah, his totals may be down from last year for Dabrinkit, but uh, uh, he's a two-way guy, plays that 200-foot game. But uh, uh, when we talked, uh, when uh, Trevor Pryor talked to Dim Dylan Strom in the intermission, he said uh, uh, the guys who are contributing big time to this team that we didn't have to in the last two years were are the younger guys. And that's a tribute to uh, Chris Knobloch for how he can uh, develop players in a short period of time. So uh, throwing all those names in the hat, the one that uh, I have in my cuff is uh, Chris Knobloch is the eventual winner. Well, there you go. I think uh, broad uh, agreement from, from all the panelists here. Uh, Bill, we're, we're flat out of time. We have to take a break, but uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Very good. Thanks, boys. Thanks, See you. There you are, Bill Granger, the OHL insider and the color voice of the Guelph Storm on Rogers TV. Let's take a, our final break, and we'll come back with our parting shots right after this on Hockey Talk. Well, welcome back. We're back right on Hockey Talk with three minutes to go here. And uh, we want to tell you about our upcoming guests because we've got some great ones for you. And we've had some fantastic guests, as you know, if you've either watched or listened to the show. Next week, we have uh, Ray Edwards, who um, is in player personnel with the Calgary Flames. Of course, he's a Hanover native um, and has... Andy, he's been a coach in the American Hockey League for a number of years as well, up to this year. Phoenix Coyotes uh, farm team. Uh, last year, he was a uh, head coach and uh, GM of the Portland uh, Portland Pirates. And uh, yeah, now in uh, player development out in uh, Calgary. One thing that surprised me when I took a look at his uh, player stats, uh, the best I think it was the best year that he had in the ECHL. He had over 300 pedley minutes. Wow. And he was always below like 150. So what happened that year? I'm not sure. They must have all went crazy that year. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, 
the other the thing just to bring it around to our show he of course we know he coached brett mclean who was a guest of ours a couple of weeks ago so we'll have to ask him about brett as well so that's next week the following week we have a former nhler and ontario hockey league player jeff mcmillan who's a durham native from just down the road here and andy i know you know him well as well yeah he's still playing uh, senior hockey for the durham thundercats who are currently in the playoffs and uh when their season ends, he often uh, gets picked up by the Dundas Real McCoys for their playoff drive there. So he has a inc- really interesting uh, hockey career because, you know, he played in England, he played in Austria. He's, he's A little he's, bit in the NHL, in, AHL. In, all over the place, yeah. A long time in the AHL. So he's, he's going to have a lot of good stories to tell. Absolutely. And then if, on March the 9th, we have uh, Todd Warner who is an interesting story. Of course, Todd Warner, a commentator with Rogers Sportsnet on on junior hockey. He's also the color voice of the Windsor Spitfires. But Todd Warner was part of one of the biggest trades in Leaf history, of course, coming over with Matt Sundin in a trade that sent Wendell Clark to the Quebec Nordiques and uh, was the fourth overall pick in the NHL draft by those Quebec Nordiques. Played for the Leafs for a number of years, uh, played a cup of coffee with some other teams, but Todd Warner has some great stories, guys, and I think that's going to be a fun show to do with Todd Warner. I know I'm looking forward to it for sure. I, it's watching him on the weekend. He's uh, He always does a good job breaking plays down. But I think that's going to do it, boys. We're, we're it, flat it, out we're of time. We're flat out of time. We, we need nice. more time on this show for sure. We go on for another couple hours. But um, Andy Clark, thank you very much for coming out tonight. Steve Fitzsimmons, uh, always spectacular with your inside knowledge about everything. Eastlink TV, want to thank you for being a part of this. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening on Blue Water Radio. Hockey Talk was brought to you by... We know our stuff. Thanks for listening to Hockey Talk here live on 91.3 FM Blue Water Radio.